Srimad Bhagavatam, Kanto 1, Chapter 8, Verses 51 and 52. Sri Ramadatta Bantunam Sri Ramadatta Bantunam Karma Birgriha Metiyai Naham Kalpavya Sinamatatabatunam Karma Engaged in material welfare. Na, never. Aham, I. Kalpa, can expect. Yapohitum, undoing the same. 
I have killed many friends of women and I have thus caused enmity to such an extent that it is not possible to undo it by material welfare work report. The Grihamedes are those whose only business is to perform welfare work for the sake of material prosperity. Such material prosperity is sometimes hampered by sinful activities, for the materialist is sure to commit sins even unintentionally in the course of discharging material duties. To get relief from such sinful reactions, the Vedas prescribe several kinds of sacrifices. It is said in the Vedas that by performing the Ashamedi Yagya horse sacrifice, one can get relief from even Brahmahatya, killing of a Brahmana. Yudhisthira Maharaj performed this Ashamedi Yagya, but he thinks that even by performing such Yagyas, it is not possible to get relief from the great sins he committed by killing the friends and relatives of innocent women. In war, either a woman's husband or brother or even father or sons go to fight. And when they are killed, a fresh enmity is created, thus a chain of actions and reactions increases, which is not possible to be counteracted even by thousands of ashramedha yagyas. The way of work karma is like that. It creates one action and another reaction simultaneously and thus increases the chain of material activities binding the performer in material bondage. In Bhagavad Gita 9.27.28, the remedy is suggested that such actions and reactions of the path of work can be checked only when work is done on behalf of the Supreme Lord. The battle of Kurukshetu is actually fought by the will of the Supreme Lord, Shri Krishna, as it is evident from his version and only by his will was Yudhisthira placed on the throne of Hastinapur. Therefore, factually, no sin whatever touched the Pandavas, who were only the order carriers of the Lord. For others who declare war out of personal interest, the whole responsibility lies on them. <laughs> Om Gyana Timirandasya Gyananja Shakraya Chakshumini Tambyena So Prabhupada selects a word from the Sanskrit, Grihameti. We have heard that word before, perhaps, in our Krishna consciousness. means a miserly grihasta, a ma not a grihasta, a miserly householder, or miserly people. They perform welfare work to get uh, money, material prosperity. But unfortunately, their welfare work is mixed with sinful reactions because you cannot avoid it living in this world. Even if you're in the mode of goodness, you cannot avoid performing some sinful reactions. You're, when you're cooking, you kill living entities. When you're walking on the street, when you're breathing, even by breathing, you commit sin. So how can you be free? So, um, Maharaj Yudhisthira, he's rightfully saying, actually, that I cannot counteract this, uh, the sins I have committed in this war simply by doing some material things. And Prabhupada says in the Prabhupada, yes, he's right. Bhagavad Gita says, you do your work for Krishna, and that way you can counteract your reactions. It's the only way, only by devotional service can you be freed from sinful reactions. So I'm going to read the next verse as well. It's a very similar idea. Uh, he has explained the principle in text 51. You cannot counteract uh, material uh, 
react, uh, actions by some other material actions. So here he gives an example in text 51, how it's not possible to counteract material action with another material action. As it is not possible to filter muddy water through mud or purify a wine-stained pot with wine, it is not possible to counteract the killing of men by sacrificing animals. So that's his argument now. It is like uh, beginning of Bhagavad Gita, Arjuna was giving some arguments, but they're a little bit different. Here, Yudhisthira, he's, he's giving these arguments, and Krishna is present, uh, but even Krishna this time cannot uh, pacify Maharaj Yudhisthira. They have to go to the devotee, Bhishmadev, the Mahajan, and they will be on their way in the next chapter. So purport, Ashamedi yagyas or Govinda yagyas, sacrifices in which a horse or bull is sacrificed, were not, of course, for the purpose of killing the animals. And that's what we see in India, especially in Calcutta. They kill the goats so they can enjoy the, the flesh of the goats. But these sacrifices, the Gomeda and the Ashamedi, were not meant for this purpose, to eat the horse and to eat the cow for your sense gratification, it was uh, for another purpose. Lord Chaitanya said that such animals sacrificed on the altar of yoga were rejuvenated and a new life was given to them. It was just to prove the efficacy of the hymns of the Vedas. By recitation of the hymns of the Vedas in the proper way, certainly the performer gets relieved from the reactions of sins, but in case of such sacrifices improperly done under inexpert management, Surely, one has to become responsible for animal sacrifice. So that's why in this age it is um, uh, forbidden to do these animal sacrifices, or Kali Yuga. The Prabhupada says, in this age of quarrel and hypocrisy, there is no possibility of performing the yagyas perfectly for one of expert brahmanas who are able to conduct such yagyas. That's why it's forbidden. Maharaj therefore gives a hint to performing sacrifices in the age of Kali. So here's a little hint by Maharaj Yudhisthira. He's saying in the verse, cannot do these sacrifices, it's useless. And it's true, in the age of Kali it's useless to do these sacrifices. In Kali Yuga, the only sacrifice recommended is the performance of Harinam Yagya, inaugurated by Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. But one should not indulge in animal killing and counteract it by performing the Harinam Yagya. So again, we should not kill animals and they say, okay, I'll chant Hare Krishna and uh, I'll get rid of the reaction to this sin. Don't put the two together. There's, it's uh, forbidden in this age of Kali to do animal sacrifice. Those who are devotees of the Lord never kill an animal for self-interest, and as the Lord ordered Arjuna, they do not refrain from performing the duty of a kshatriya. So they kill, but they don't. They kill under the order of the Lord. The whole purpose, therefore, is served. When everything is done for the will of the Lord, this is possible only for devotees. So Krishna, he is about to leave for Dwarka. He was about to leave 
And Kunti stopped him and offered her prayers, but he still proceeded. He, he was still leaving, but then Yudhisthira stopped him and lovingly begged him, please stay a few more days. Let's see what these verses uh, here. 45. Accepting the prayers of Shimadi Kunti Devi, the Lord subsequently informed other ladies of his departure by entering the palace of Hastinapur. But upon preparing to leave, he was stopped by King Yudhisthira, who implored him lovingly. So, Premna, he had Prema for Krishna, and that stopped Krishna. Yudhisthira was lamenting all the deaths at the battle of Kurukshetra, and nobody could pacify him, not even Krishna. So now we heard how this atonement, uh, doing, by doing some other material activity, counteract a material sin. So Yudhisthira is rejecting this. He said this is not proper. Uh, Prikshit also said the same thing in Canto 6. Uh, after Shukadev was, uh, first of all, he asked, he heard in the fifth canto how, uh, about the hellish planets and how people were suffering. He said, how can we relieve the suffering of these people? So the first thing that Shukadev Goswami said was, okay, by atonement. But um, Parikshit also said, you know, this is, um, this is not a good idea because, uh, again, the person who has committed sins, he will do more sins again. He'll do his atonement, he'll go back, just like an elephant takes a bath and then throws dirt on his body. Yeah, I saw on Facebook an elephant taking bath, but it was... It was snowing, so he was throwing snow all over his body. Um, <laughs> there was no dirt. Uh, they were enjoying the snow um, in Portland, Oregon. Uh, so that, that's the habit of, and so that's the habit, just like the, that's the habit of the elephant. It's the habit of people. Pirikshu was a king. He knew that he, he would put, he would punish the criminals, but again they would come back and commit the same sin. So atonement is is not working. So then Sukadev suggested, well, what about knowledge? If you have knowledge, then you can free yourself. And that's a fact. You can free yourself by knowledge, but there's a limit. Uh, and so in the verse, it's explained that uh, these sins are like dry leaves of creepers beneath a bamboo tree, which may be burned by fire, although the roots remain to grow. So you may burn, like in India, they burn all the, after they, harvest the crops, then they, they harvest, there's some stubble left of grass and they burn that, they burn the fields. And if you're in Rindavan, you'll suffer from all the smoke. But uh, yes, um, but the roots are still there. So jnana cannot actually take out also uh, the sinful reaction. You get some freedom, but not from the sinful desires. Only chanting Hare Krishna, only Hare Nam Yagya can free us. So in Kali Yuga, uh, Lord Chaitanya has recommended Harinam Yagya, and this chanting dissolves all our karma. And all the, even the desires that we have in our heart, we have so many desires. And this will also take out the karma. And so these verses is explaining, actually, uh, underneath all of these things, there is the love of Yudhisthira for Krishna and Krishna's love for Yudhisthira. There is a love of the devotees and Krishna behind all this. Kunti was lovingly 
pleading Krishna to stay. Now Yudhisthira is lovingly uh, begging Krishna to stay. So if uh, Krishna loves everyone, so if you love Krishna, he'll give himself to you. Prabhupada also said, you love me, I'll love you. So it's reciprocal. But we need to take the first step. That is our responsibility. If you don't want to love Krishna, you don't have to. He's giving you freedom. He won't force you. But still, he'll never leave you if you love him. So that is the challenge of our life, that we should love Krishna. He is with us. He's in our heart. He's giving us facility. Sarvasya chaham hiti sanivishto. Prabhupada gives the example of a master taking his dog for a walk. So, if you probably see this here in Sydney, people taking dogs for walks, probably in that park. In fact, I remember the first time I came to Sydney, it was, was Sydney, yeah, it was Rathiatra. And there was a sign in the park, school for dogs. And there is one Indian who was visiting from India, from the village, he said, in my village, we don't even have school for people. Here they have school for dogs. <laughs> so I said, yeah, it's true. And so the dogs, even I saw in, where was it, in Canada, paw, P-A-W, paw, fict, spa, spa for dogs and cats and everything. So they are the, taken care of here very nicely. So probably gives the example of a person taking his dog for a walk. He, the dog can do whatever he wants. He can pass urine, he can pass stool, and the master is waiting. So the real business of the dog is to obey the master. So similarly, Super Soul is here in our heart, and he's, we're like the dog, and he's taking us for a walk. And we're, we can do this, we can do that, we can run, we can walk, we can pass stool, we can pass urine. And he's just waiting for us to turn to him and obey him and surrender to him and go back to Godhead. So we need to make a relationship with Krishna. There are six loving exchanges in described nectar of instruction. In the early days in New York City, in a class, Prabhupada advised the devotees that you should make these six loving exchanges with Krishna also, that, uh, that you give some food, you accept prasadam, you give a gift, you accept gifts, and you reveal your mind and you hear instructions from Krishna. So Krishna in Bhagavad Gita says, Patram Pushpam Phalam Toyam, just give me a little leaf of flower, fruit and water and I will accept. So this is, uh, this is our duty as devotees to worship Krishna. Give him a little leaf of flower. Now the flowers are beautiful, new since one year, the standard has really gone up. <laughs> These flower garlands, and beautiful garlands now. And so this is uh, how we show our love for Krishna, that he's come here in, in the temple to accept our offerings. Sometimes Indians, some Indian people tell me that, you know, why should we worship in the temple? God is everywhere, like my son. Sometimes when he was young, he was too lazy to offer to the deity, so he would just take the pot, put it on the table and say, okay, Krishna, please eat. I said, why don't you put it in front of the deities? Deities are there. He said, Krishna is everywhere, mom. So he's eating over here too. <laughs> but 
Actually, we show our love when we make a nice plate and put it in the bowls and offer it to, to him to eat like we eat. Uh, then it's very personal. It's very personal. So he's trying to, Krishna wants us to develop this love for him. So he comes here in two forms. Param, it's described in the sixth canto, 16 verse, verse 51. There's two forms of the Lord that come here. Param Brahma and Param Tama. So Param Brahma is the deity. He comes as the deity. And Param, uh, Param, no, Param Tama. Param Brahma, sorry, is the sound, sound vibration. Shabda Brahma, sorry, not Param Brahma. Shabda Brahma and Param Dhamma. These two come, Krishna comes. Shabda Brahma and Param Brahma, these two. So everybody can take advantage of Krishna's appearance here as the holy name, as the deity. He comes, if we're attentive uh, to the sound of Krishna, he will enter our heart and cleanse it. There is a verse in the second canto which says that persons who hear Bhagavatam regularly and are always taking the matter very seriously will have the personality of Godhead Krishna manifested in their hearts within a short time. He's already there, but we can't see him. But if we hear attentively Bhagavatam, then he will come in our hearts and we will see him on the lotus flower of our heart. And... Uh, then also the next verse says, the sound incarnation of Krishna enters into the heart of the self-realized devotee, sits on the lotus flower of his loving relationship and cleanses the dust of material association like lust, anger, and hankering. And so this is the wonderful thing that we can expect to happen to us in our progress in devotional service, but we have to be alert. We have to always keep trying to hear, hear the sound of Krishna, Shabda Brahma and Param Brahma. Param Brahma is the deity and Shabda Brahma is the sound, sound vibration. So Krishna, he also bestows his love on us. He's impartial. He loves everyone in the world. He's giving them what they desire. As, as he says in Bhagavad Gita, Samoham Sarabhute Shaimiko to all living entities, Name Dvesho Stinapriya, I'm not envious. Yebhajanti to Mambakya, Mayite Teshu Chapiham, but if someone worships me in devotional service, he's a friend. So we have to make friendship with Krishna. We have to make friendship with Krishna. And if we make friendship with Krishna, we can get mercy. So what determines how much mercy we can get? Uh, like the sun is shining everywhere, it's, it's shining on the rocks, it's shining on the houses, shining on the people. But the capacity to receive the sun rays is different, may differ. Uh, as, there's a purport of Queen Kunti's prayers, uh, which says that a pious man, if he's suffering, if he's pious, he'll pray to the Lord for his recovery. But as soon as he recovers, in most cases, he forgets about the Lord. He doesn't even say, thank you, Lord. And so we should, we should be conscious. We shouldn't be like that. When, some, when, we, when something good happens in our life, we, we distribute a book or something happens, we should say, thank you, Krishna, for helping me distribute that book. Thank you, Krishna, for giving me your darshan. Thank you, Krishna, for keeping me 
alive in this body so I can serve you and perfect my human form of life. We should be grateful. And so there is a verse in Third Canto, ninth chapter, which says, My Lord, your devotees can see you through the ears. So the ears are, are not only for hearing, they're for seeing. You can see through your ears. You can see Krishna. And uh, then by seeing through your ears, your heart becomes cleansed and Krishna comes and sits. Again, the same idea. So the Lord becomes subordinate to the desire of the devotee. If we hear properly, we can see Krishna and he appears in the form in which we would like to see him. We always think of him, we worship him. Some people worship Gonitai. Some devotees worship Radha Krishna. Some worship Jagannath. So in however way we like to see him, he will come if we are attentively and receptively hearing, submissively hearing. So Bhagavad Gita says, Krishna is not the, our order carrier, but if we develop our devotional service from the level of Shraddha to Prema, then in that process we'll see, see Krishna. And the process is, of course, chanting the holy name. By associating with devotees, then we engage in devotional service, we get initiated, then our doubts are cleared. That takes a long time, anartanavritti. And then finally we come to ruchi, taste, and asakti. Beginning of Bhagavatam, it says, Vasudeva kataruchi, by serving the pure devotees, by hearing, then you can get ruchi, you can get taste for hearing and chanting. And so Krishna, here in this verse, he wants to fulfill the desire of Yudhisthira. Uh, Yudhisthira didn't want him to leave, so he's, he's going to stay a few more days. And uh, no one could make Lord Krishna stay. He was ready to go. But just a simple request of King Yudhisthira, Lord remained there for a few days more, was immediately effective. Uh, so the power of King Yudhisthira was prema loving affection. That was his power. And Krishna can be conquered by love, only by loving service. He's independent, but he voluntarily becomes submissive to his devotees. He, Krishna could have refused. No, i sorry, I can't stay. I'm God, you know. Uh, but no, premna, premna. You can't order me. Yes, no, you can't order. You can order Krishna if you love him. Everything is possible. Nothing is impossible if you have love for Krishna. So if we increase our love for Krishna, we can purchase Krishna. Uh, so just like um, when he was driving Arjuna's chariot, Arjuna was ordering him. He was a humble, he took, Krishna took the humble position of a driver. I was hearing a class recently, Bhagavatam class, and they were saying that the driver, the chariot, chariot, uh, chariot driver, he had the feet of the, of the king on his shoulders. And if he pressed the left foot, it means go left. And he pressed the right foot, it means go right. So how a humble position, Arjuna. I, I don't know if that's true, but it's an interesting idea if Arjuna had his feet on Krishna's shoulders. In the, because it, you, know, you can't hear in the battle, there's so much noise going on. And how, how is he gonna tell the driver which way to go? 
So that's an interesting idea. Um, and that's why when Arjuna ordered Krishna to drive his chariot, he said, Achuta, I know you're infallible. I know you're God. But Achuta also means one who doesn't fall down or fail in his promise for his devotees, is what Prabhupada says in the purport there. Um, at, uh, and Krishna's happy. Krishna's happy when you actually worship him and order him. He likes that. He likes that. So, in uh, Chaitanya Chaitamrita, he's saying, everyone worships me, but I wish someone would also order me. So that's Yashoda, that's Yudhisthira, that's his devotees. Uh, and that is, so that's why it's better to be a devotee than to be an impersonalist. The impersonalist wants to become God, but instead of becoming God, it's better to control God, to become, order God. I mean, no, actually everybody's ordering God, but this is not for, this is Arjuna ordered him in a different way. It is to fulfill Krishna's desire that the battle, that he fight the battle. To fulfill Krishna's desire, he ordered Krishna to drive his chariot. So people and uh, other people, they have the misconception, as Prabhupada was saying, they do things, they do, even dharma, they do arma, dharma for artha, for getting money. There's dharma, artha, tarta, kama, and moksha. There's four things. So they think the purpose of dharma, the purpose of religion, is to get money, artha. And the purpose of artha, purpose of getting money, is kama. I should enjoy. And, and then if you get frustrated with dharma, artha, and kama, then you go for moksha. And so the devotee, he's beyond these four things, although he gets all of these things by the mercy of Krishna. Especially if you chant Hare Krishna offensively, you will get these things, so don't do that. Um, try to chant without offense, avoid the ten offenses. And just by namabhas, just by uh, the shadow of chanting the holy name, the shadow you get moksha. And so the devotee, he doesn't, he's not even interested nadaram, najanam, nasantarin, kaviram vaja, ishkamaye. Majamani, jamani, shre, bhavata, bhakti, rohetuki, Verse after verse, let me engage in your devotional service. So, Srila Prabhupada, he was able to control Krishna. If you study his prayers, when he first came to America, um, even before the, I mean, after he said, I'll tell the prayer in a minute, but um, he was sitting on a park bench and one man was talking to him and Prabhupada was saying, you know, I have so many temples, but only time is separating. We have restaurants, we have farms, we have so many things, so many books in so many languages. <laughs> only time is separating. And so he had that vision that, you know, that just like Krishna and Bhagavad Gita told Arjuna, everyone is, they're already killed by my direction, you just be the... Uh, you, you be the carrier, you work under my direction, be the instrument, you be my instrument. So Prabhupada, he was seeing, he had that vision that everything is already done and I just have to be the instrument in the fight. 
And that's what Prabhupada was saying in the purport, that the, the Pandavas were just the carriers. It's not like they, they were committing sin. Um, uh, yes, here. No sin whatever touched the Pandavas, who are only the order carriers of the Lord. For others who declare war out of personal interest, the whole responsibility lies on them. And so the Pandavas were the instruments. And even though they were pure devotees, they had to suffer because Krishna had to show how vice cannot overcome virtue. That's in, that will be in the next chapter, Bhishma's prayers. You'll hear more about that, how Bhishma was lamenting, how so many bad things happened to such good people, Yudhisthira, the incarnation of religion, and Bhima, who is the most powerful, strongest man in the world, Arjuna was the best archer in the world, and, and on top of that, Krishna was their friend. And why they had to suffer so much? That's why Bhishma was crying. For he was crying. Why the Pandavas had to suffer? What Krishna, Prabhupada says in the purport that the devotee, he has to show the world how to behave. So he has to be the example. So they were the example of how a devotee behaves in the world. So therefore... Prabhupada says that you need, you, a devotee ungrudgingly accepts uh, disturbances or problems as mercy of the Lord. Because it is the Lord's will. It is Krishna's will. So Prabhupada, when he first arrived in America, he said, all living entities have become under the control of illusory energy by your will. Therefore, if you like, by your will, they can be released from the clutches of illusion. So he said, okay, I see everybody is in Maya here, especially in the modes of ignorance and passion, Boston. What will Prabhupada see? Uh, so much passion and ignorance. But he said, Krishna, if you, want, if you like, you can deliver them. And then, of course, that's, that's, we don't know if Krishna likes or doesn't like. He may or may not deliver. So then Prabhupada said something very strong here. I wish that you may deliver them. Now Krishna has to. <laughs> the devotee has a desire. Krishna has to fulfill it. I wish. And that's why we're here today. Because Prabhupada wished that we be delivered. He had that desire that we be delivered. So therefore, if you so desire their deliverance, only then they will be able to understand your message. So he was praying for the people, for us, that we be delivered. And therefore, we are, here we are. We never thought we would be wearing a sari and chanting Hare Krishna, doing Harinam. It was not the least thing in our mind. But somehow Prabhupada captured us and delivered us. And here we are today, still chanting Hare Krishna and trying to be a devotee. It is the mercy of Srila Prabhupada. So just like the Christians are remembering Christ today, so we are remembering Srila Prabhupada today and what he did for us, how he sacrificed his comfort living in Vrindavan 
and went to the West where he was basically wandering the streets, counting every penny, counting every penny, and recording his first classes were to the four walls. Nobody was there. Nobody was there, but he, fortunately he recorded them. So even though the four walls were hearing then, now thousands are hearing his recordings. Introduction to Bhagavad Gita. So Prabhupada desired that there be a temple. There is a purport, one of the last purports that he, Prabhupada wrote uh, was in Vrindavan, there is a place where there was no temple, but a devotee desired, let there be a temple and seva, devotional service. Therefore, what was once an empty corner has now become a place of pilgrimage. Such are the desires of devotees. So Prabhupada desired, he brought these deities to Sydney, I think. They carried them on the airplane, right? Who was it? Madhavisa and Shudakirti or? Bali Margan? And Bhagavan, okay, they brought the deities. Right, so Prabhupada desired <laughs> that uh, Sydney have Radha Gopinath. And because of Prabhupada's desire, they have appeared. Param Brahma, Param Brahma, and Shabda Brahma. We have Shabda Brahma also. Param Brahma, deities. And so, um, what was once a, an ordinary house became a temple. And the devotees, uh, he, he left them in charge of the devotees and said, please, Krishna, help them <laughs> take care of you. Please let them take care of you nicely. I'm leaving you in the hands of the malachas. <laughs> so Prabhupada had faith in us also. He had faith that we could do it. More faith in us than we had in ourselves that he, he empowered us. I was 22 when I went to, no, 22 when I joined, 24 when I went to India, and I ended up being Pujari in Calcutta, of all places. And uh, that was Prabhupada's mercy. That was Prabhupada's mercy. He had faith in us that, yeah, he, he wanted 50 devotees to come to India. And 25 came and five stayed <laughs> out of those 25. And then more were sent, more were sent, because it was very difficult in those days. Uh, but uh, so we just have to keep trying to be alert, avoid the offenses, uh, hear attentively, and do devotional service, and the day will come when we will be able to see Krishna in our heart and see Krishna as he is here in the temple also and develop our love for him. So I will stop here if there's any questions or comments. You can, yes. Just a couple of questions. Question? Just a couple of questions. Okay, one at a time. Okay. Um, you're actually giving an example of your son offering a bowl of um, whatever. Yeah, the pot, he didn't put it in there. Yeah. On the table, he didn't put it in front of the deities. Yes. So do you think he has got that power to offer from anywhere? Do I think he has? He has got that power. He has got that. Yeah, he, he, yeah. That's better than nothing. I have to say. I'm just saying, as a, as born in a devotee family, it, it would be nice to be more personal 
But yeah, it's, it's, it's good that you offer your food uh, in any way you can. Good to offer it, offer your food. So in that sense, it was, it was nice. I should not criticize. Um, but there's always room for improvement. Yes? And the second one is um, Kunti Mahalani, I think she recited something like 26 verses or something mm -hmm. to stop Krishna. Right. right. Whereas I believe Yudhishthira Maharaja just said only one verse or something like that. Yeah, only one. And Krishna just stopped. Yeah. He has got his own yardstick. Yeah, now someone said, I heard the reason why he, didn't, he, he stopped for Yudhishthira. Well, because um, Yudhishthira was more specific. He was saying for a few days, and Kunti wasn't specific. <laughs> so, a few days, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, he said, oh, a few days. Oh, that's not so bad. Yeah, I, can, I can manage that. <laughs> Of course, he stayed for some more time. <laughs> stayed for, I think, a few months, but uh, yeah. That's the answer I heard in one class. That, uh, yeah, Kunti, she tried her best. And I'm sure it was also a combination of the two. It wasn't, you know, it was Kunti, first she tried, and then Yudhisthira together, the two of them, okay, all right, I stay. And he did, after, he, after Kunti offered her prayers, I believe he did smile at her. So um, it's not like he was, he mildly smiled. And that smile was as enchanting as his mystic power. Right. Mm -hmm. Mercy. So his uh, Prabhupada said this smiling was mercy on Kunti. This was his mercy. So he was showing his mercy and he did finally accept her prayers and stay. He did finally. So who knows why he was smiling? <laughs> Maybe he was smiling because he was going to stay. He knew. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? I don't want to speculate. But he was smiling. smiling. Smiling means also he accepted the prayers of Kunti. Any other question? Yes? Um, you mentioned that how much mercy we receive depends oh. on capacity. Yeah. What determines the capacity? Oh, right. Yes. Let's see, let me, let me read more, I think. There is something here which I skipped. Thank you for bringing that up. It's the purport actually from First Canto 8th chapter. Hmm, okay, I'm, I think there is more to it there. Mm -mm -mm. Yeah, this, uh, okay. Cares to keep connection. Oh, yeah. So Prabhupada says that um, the mercy of the Lord is open for him, but he is reluctant to receive it. So we have to be open for the mercy to receive it. We have to be open. 
and and that that purport is here actually. I can look it up. It's just a recent purport because I think Prabhupada does go into more detail there about what is the qualification for mercy. Twenty nine. This is one eight twenty nine. The pure devotees who are engaged in transcendental loving service of the Lord are not a mercantile community. A pure devotee does not render service to the Lord for exchange. Therefore, the full mercy of the Lord is open for him. So if you're, trying, if you're serving the Lord for, to fulfill some material desire, then you won't get so much mercy. But if you're doing it unconditionally as pure devotional service, then you will get the full mercy. Yeah, that's explained here. And this, this is 1A29. That where it says people only imagine that you are partial. It looks like you're partial, but he's not partial. If you're open to receiving the mercy, Prabhupada did say that to Vishnu John, that you are open, so you are getting more mercy. He was doing Harinam 12 hours a day, leading Harinam, and playing Madanga 12 hours a day. And he had his hands taped up because otherwise they would be bleeding. He had tape over all his fingers so that uh, he could play the whole day, 12 hours a day. Yeah, good question. How to get, how, what determines how much mercy we get? That is, how much open we are to receive the mercy. And open means. Uh, that we depend on Krishna fully for protection, for maintenance, for everything, for love. Any other questions? Jaya, glory to Shri Prabhupada.